you know, we all have our egos, right? And we have to put them at the door. I say, put your egos at the door <laughs> and put your problems at the door. Let's come in to work together. We're here for a, the end product. That's sort of, it's sort of like what you do with your, with your businesses, right? It really is. We're all here as, as, as parts, as pieces of the puzzle to make one big puzzle. And the only way we're going to get to that puzzle, putting to, the jigsaw to put it together, is if we all work together and put it together. Hey everyone, my name is Ethan DeLeon and I'm here with our founder and CEO of Small Nation, Jason Duff. Today we're excited to have the resident artist instructor of music at Ohio Northern University, Kirsten Osbun Manley on the show with us. We want to welcome you to the Small Nation podcast where we share some of the valuable lessons with what we have learned about entrepreneurship, real estate, and economic development and more. The point of this podcast is to create value for you, the listener, and to create a space to learn, talk about what's trending, and inspire others. Thank you, Ethan. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I have been so excited to see you and to have you here. You are one of my favorite people on the planet. Oh, well, you're one of my favorite favorite former students. Oh, so there thank you, go. you. That, that means so much. And, you know, we were talking about uh, what topic we could discuss today. And you and I have worked together on a number of projects over the years. And something that's very important to me, and I imagine a lot of listeners, is their background in the arts and music in a community. And I think that's something that you and I share a special connection and appreciation for. Tell me, when did you first get exposed to arts and music in your life? When did I? Okay, yeah. well, I have to go back to probably church life back at in Kenton, Ohio, is where I grew up at the First United Methodist Church, and I had a fabulous choir director named Scott Barrett, who is now an attorney, has been judge in Kenton as well. And he inspired me to sing in the choir, and I've discovered my voice. W was your family musical? No. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, it's, it's bizarre. My brother is an actor, and my father was a businessman, and my mother was a speech pathologist. So neither one of them were in the arts, at, you know, and both of us pursued you know, a career in the arts. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think we mentioned on previous episodes, I love the church is often uh, a good, good way to lead into some of those things in, in the arts and music. And I know even with myself with the videography or music myself, like um, it's a great way to get plugged in. So to it was. try it, your talents, refine them and <laughs> get it, honest it, feedback, I guess. It was. And it was a way I did solos. I was in the choir. And then from there, I, you know, I, I always studied piano. I started when I studying piano lessons when I was five years old. So from a Mrs. McIntosh across the street. So wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I continued with that as well. So that's what, that's where I started my love and theater. My grandmother uh, was an avid, uh, she was, she loved the theater and she would go to New York every year. And, wow. and she took me when I was in, I was probably in middle school, Junior high, we called it then, and I went to New York and saw some Broadway shows. I saw Pippin. Was that one of your first shows? Oh yeah, Ben Vereen, uh, Chicago, Machita Rivera. Uh, yeah, so when I saw those Broadway shows in New York City, um, that sort of did it for me. You know, I knew at that point I really wanted to pursue the arts and pursue music. So that was that was my passion at that time, and the thing that I did really well, right? I mean, we always gravitate to what we feel most comfortable and we feel mm. successful in, yeah. and that's what I was successful in. In Kenton, Ohio, what was it like growing up in Kenton? Kenton was a fabulous small town. Uh, 
very much very similar to Bell Fountain in some respects. And you know, family businesses were very important. You knew the local grocer, you knew the local shoe shoe uh, dep- uh, uh, maker, maker or, or whatever. With yeah, and you also clothing store. You knew all the people in your town. And um, so for me, I could walk down on on my main street, which was Detroit Street, and go to Isley's Ice Cream Store or go, you know, to the local um, 5 and 10 and, Mm. you know, pick up something there. So it was was a very um, peaceful existence and a very, you know, just welcoming and the sense of community was very important. In your family business, tell us about that. My dad... um, well, it was my great-grandfather established Kenton Structural and or- Ornamental Iron in Kenton. And then my, um, that's my great-grandfather. And then my grandfather and his brother, who was my uncle, uh, expanded the business into um, Bartol Flagpoles, which, so there were two businesses under the same family, Bartol Flagpoles and then Kenton Structural and Ornamental Iron. And then my dad uh, bought, once my grandfather retired, became the, the CEO of Kenton Structural Ornamental Iron, and my um, cousin, uh, uh, husband, became the CEO of Bartol. So it was a family business. Both of them were. What you hear of those family businesses in a place like Kenton, you know, manufacturing steel and iron was an industry that was impacting towns and communities all across mm-hmm. the country. I mean, you were shipping your products everywhere. 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 I mean, Bartol flagpoles, I can tell you, you know, at the, the UN, you know, they're wow. everywhere. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I still, whenever I go to a city, I look at the back flagpoles to see if it says Bartol. I love that. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's no longer in existence, but, you know, but there, there are the flagpoles still live on. Yeah. So, so yeah. you, you had this great experience in a community that was very nurturing for mm-hmm. you growing up and mm-hmm. being a part of a faith community. Um, did a lot of folks in your family go to college? My parents did. My, they did. Okay. They did. They both are graduates of Ohio State University. Um, my father uh, majored in geology. <laughs> which <laughs> I is, love that. Yeah, right. Well, rocks. Yeah. But he ended up with steel. So okay. And then my mother um, was a speech pathologist, so she went on and and worked with you know in the school system. So she was an integral part of of the the education of young people in the community. So you went on the search to find a university. I did. I, I well, because I, I music was what I could do. I could sing. That's what I felt really successful doing. Um, so I went. I was told by my choir director at the time, who was uh, uh, certainly a mentor, J.D. Smith, who is a legend in Kenton and also in Finley as well as the choral director there for many years, encouraged me to pursue uh, a degree in music. And I went into music education for maybe two quarters. And then I was like, this is not for me. (laughs) I'm never going to be a teacher. Remember that. Remember that. (laughs) And so I went into vocal performance. I just changed my major to vocal Mm. performance, mainly primarily opera. But I always had this passion for musical theater and graduated from BGSU with a vocal performance degree and then went on and did my graduate studies at Indiana University. But in at that time, I, I went on after that and um, just auditioned for, um, did a lot of auditioning, and I auditioned for an equity production while I was in grad school of The Sound of Music. Wow. And that's where... I, I felt at home on the, in the musical theater realm. I mean, mm. I did opera. I've always done crossover, but I, the passion was for musical theater. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll tell you, I was successful, more successful with singing musical theater than I probably was opera. My voice is very small in comparison to opera singers. So, you know, I would always get the compromario roles in opera, which is the smaller roles, and I loved it. 
but I didn't feel connected to it. And there was something about musical theater that just really, I, my voice fit it and I, it's it. And, and I loved it. If I was just passionate about it. So went on tour there, got my equity card, which is your, the equivalent of a union card for a professional actor and actor and singer and did regional theater. And long story short, I ended up, you know, as everyone, we get married and move on. And I mm-hmm. um, came back in the area and ended up at Ohio Northern University. So that was um, uh, a wonderful thing for me as well. So we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later. But Well, I, I, I love hearing, and I think that's what's been powerful about this podcast, is everyone has a story and a DNA. And a few things that, that buttoned up is there were some things that surprised you along the journey. Mm-hmm. You, you know, ended up going to Bowling Green and, you know, while opera was a focus, as you got out into the marketplace, mm-hmm. you maybe got some rejections. I sure did. We How all, did that feel? It was hard. Yeah. It, it was hard, but you know, I knew going into it, that's it, that's to be expected. You don't, for everything you audition for, let's say you audition for 20 things, you may be lucky out of 20 to get one job. And it may not be the, the role, the ideal role that you audition for. It may be something smaller or uh, even a chorus role. So, um, Mm. yeah, the knocks are not easy, but you know what? That builds character that builds, that makes you stronger and it makes you, you you really look at yourself and say, okay, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do I need to improve? Or is this role right for me? Or is is this a good fit? You know? And so you, the discovery of and journey as an actor, as a singer, as a human being, we all grow and we learn from from those knocks, I think, more than we learn from those successes. So here's where my story comes into play is that, you know, grew, growing up, um, I did not have parents that went to um, college. Both my parents, when they turned 18 years old, they were expected to, to go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different experience that that our family had and um, I had a music teacher in middle school and high school that became a mentor and and really encouraged me to pursue the arts mm-hmm. I it was a little uncomfortable because a lot of people from my school like it was kind of expected that you will play these sports you will do these things but mm-hmm. I was different and I had someone that kind of helped me realize that my difference was a good thing. It is. And um, I, for the first time, I, I was not very good at, in, in academics. Like I, I got by, but like that was not where I was excelling. I was not excelling in sports. Um, I tried really hard, but it just, <laughs> you know, the, the coordination, you I, I was, I was a bit, ba- I played baseball. Okay. Um, oh, you did? I didn't I, know that. I did, but I was not very good. <laughs> Let's just say that. It didn't, didn't last very long, but like I, I would try different things, but I wasn't getting the traction. But then when I got introduced to music, it was something that um, being able to read from a, a, a script and working with others and, and taking different parts and harmonies and connecting them together, I felt not only did I feel like it, I was part of something bigger, um, I, I was being nurtured in a way that I'd never been exposed. And, and you found your home, right? You do. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's part of the, the journey. And I think the other thing you mentioned was getting confidence. As I would be more confident in, in as a singer, people would would actually say things like, "You're actually really good," mm-hmm. and, and you are, Jason. Well, that was nice. <laughs> That's nice of you, Kirsten. But like, it was then saying, "Well, you you're probably good enough, and you have enough natural talent." And I think it's another thing. There's a lot of people that have natural talent, mm-hmm. whether it's their sound or their intonation or their presence. 
There's so many different categories, but unless you find someone that is going to help you harness that natural talent and perfect it, um, you can get stuck. And I, I think that was the thing that my 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 teacher in high school, um, who happened to also be an alum of Ohio Northern, that was Joyce King. Joyce King, I was going to say Mrs. King. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. she said, you should go audition for a, a scholarship. And that was kind of a sales pitch for my parents to say, this is a worthwhile endeavor. Mm-hmm. You know, we will allow you to to go and pursue this, um, but it was an uncomfortable conversation to say I wanted to be a music major. And I'm not sure when you said music education to your parents, some of the things that the, the judgments that can come that just naturally happen. How are you going to make money to survive? You know, my dad never said that. I would. He always uh, he supported me in everything that I did. Um, I think he thought the practical way was the education route because I have a job when I get out. And yep. so when I decided to go performance, he didn't say anything, but I know that was in the back of his mind. Um, but yeah, it is hard. So it's a stigma out it, there, it, it and, is. and I want, but I want people to listen, and I think that's what's valuable about our stories is that just because you graduate or you're pursuing a path in music or the arts doesn't mean that that's exactly where you end up. It isn't. It isn't. It's just part of the journey. And so this is how I I auditioned. I was awarded a talent scholarship. Mm -hmm. Kirsten was one of the adjudication folks that, that, Mm. you know, I I was in front of. I think part of the thing that, that also she has this natural side, it's the way she made me feel. Um, there was a welcoming, but also a discerning, you know, I'm happy that you're here. I'm excited to hear you perform, but this is not just a give me, like you're going to have to, to work to earn this. And so being presented that scholarship was the opportunity to then be exposed to other musicians. And I think this is the other big shift that happens when you're in your local community, you may be the best, but then when you get to a larger pool there are a lot of other best people from their <laughs> communities that are there. That's yep. right. And you learn from that, right? And you learn it's hard because sometimes you think, wow, I may not be as good, but you really, you, you get there. You get there. You have to, you have to accept that. You have and to I learn. think you find your style of, you may not be as good in some areas, but this goes back to what you were saying earlier. You maybe didn't have the big voice, mm-hmm. but you had a style or a grit or a type mm-hmm. that, was yours. That's right. And, 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 you know, it's taken a long time. I I can remember, I can still remember my, uh, one of my voice teachers, um, especially at, at IU, Rary Grist, who was a very famous operatic soprano. And I remember, um, we work on the operatic stuff, the, the classical things. And then I did some, um, Broadway pieces and she said, that's where your voice lives. And I remember thinking, no, but I don't want that. I want mm. the other. <laughs> but, you know, she wasn't the first person that told me that. But, yeah, having somebody tell you that and then nurturing that and building your confidence to say that's the direction you should go, really, being honest with somebody and transparent is so important. Um, for, for It's hard today because yes. I imagine you've worked with students over the last 20 30, years? 34 years. 34 years. <laughs> I've been at Ohio Northern for 34 years. Wow, congrats. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I love it there. Yeah. So. Has there been a shift in how you are mentoring and coaching students today? Um, I'm a little bit more careful. Um, I, which I would just say more sensitive. Um, my style of teaching before, and Jason knows this, I'm, you know, I'm loving and I'm caring, but I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm brutally honest. And now I, ha- I find I have to be a little bit more sensitive and word it perhaps in a different way. Um, and that's okay. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still, I don't lie to them. I will not, I will never lie to them. I mm-hmm. tell them the truth and they may not always like the truth, but in the end they do appreciate hearing, hearing my candidness or my honesty. Have either of you seen the movie Whiplash? No. <laughs> I've heard of it. No, I haven't even heard of it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I just watched it this past weekend, which is why I asked, but the, it's about a, a jazz musician drummer who uh, is, gets in this band in college and there's this prestigious group, a jazz group, you know, that he gets involved with, but the conductor is uh, brutally honest and to the point where it becomes abusive. <laughs> Things oh, like that. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest though. I've had, whether you think back to teachers and I can also, we're not going to name names no, in this won't. podcast, but <laughs> we have had people and truthfully, as I look back, some of the most difficult auditions and there's a period when you're an artist and in a show the director right after the rehearsal or the performance will sometimes give notes Yeah, and you know, notes come in the form of feedback and there have been experiences that I have been with fellow cast members that some of those notes are more than brutally honest. They are painful. They're Mm -hmm. very painful. And and it can be physical attributes. It can be stylized Mm -hmm. attributes. And, but I, I look back at those moments um, and I'll, I'll just be honest for those that know, I, I was never really great at dancing. And like, there, <laughs> Jason, no, no, you learned how to tap. I, I could hide it, <laughs> but I was not very good. And, and the thing about it in, in the musical theater spectrum, you, you have to kind of fake it till you make it in yes, some cases, you're right, you but, do. but those notes like that, that would, that some of that stuff would zing, you know, if you're on the stage and you feel very confident about your vocals and mm-hmm. then you've got someone that's the choreographer that's just ripping you apart. Um, <laughs> you have to kind of take it with kindness. You, but you it's actually like, do. It, but I think it's those, have you had people in the past that that kind of hurt? Oh, and- sure. I can remember being at IU and, and, and having those, those uh, professors criticize you, very being very brutal. And um, not always with the best, I would say, best choice of words at times. Um, and I don't think it, in this day and age they get away with that. But mm. in my time period, you know, that was just the way it was, you know. But you're right, it hurts. But if, you know what? I looked at it and I was like, okay, here's what I'm, if I want to get better at this, I need to work on this. Uh, whether it's dance or whatever, you know, whether it's my, the way I'm delivering the monologue. But um, criticism is a part of, 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 Every day, in every anything you do, right? I mm-hmm. mean, we have to we have to evaluate ourselves and look at ourselves and say, how can I get better? What is it that's not working? And how can I how can I find a solution to make it work better? So, I think those knocks build us up to be able to be able to withstand uh, criticism that's coming down the down your way later on in life. So. It doesn't bother me as much anymore when I am criticized because I still am. We all, you are too, every day, every right? Day. Every day. <laughs> You're on stage every, every day. day. It's showtime when you go to work. And, yeah. you know, taking the parallels from what you have learned and what you do professionally, what do you believe as you're preparing young people, what are some of the skills that they're learning in rehearsals and on the stage? Well, first of all, when I, I I try to instill upon them is to, first of all to be respectful to one another. That is that is paramount. Kindness and patience, being respectful, respectful to each other, um, building one another up, one enough, and collaborating. To me, that is the most important thing. When I'm in the re- rehearsal room, let, I'm not talking about just one on one where I teach voice lessons, so it's one on one. 
but when we're in a rehearsal for the holiday show, whether it's for Pirates of Penzance or whatever show I'm directing, that is what I demand of the students. I don't care, and, and not to make fun of one another, to build one another up, and be able to take that criticism. I'm going to say, look, guys, I'm going to be honest with you in here. I'm going to tell you, drop your jaw. You, you sound like you're hooting like an owl. That's not intended to hurt you, but it's to make it better. So let's let's try to work together. So what I try to do is instill within the students to 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 be kind and respectful to one another and to work together collaboratively to, to have the best end product. So that's, that's my. So those, in terms of the stage, you also are working together with a number of other collaborators that are also artists. Mm -hmm. How do you take people of very different backgrounds Mm -hmm. that are coming at from their perspective to then get them around the table for the overall production. It's tough. There are times, you know, we all have our egos, right? And we have to put them at the door. I say, put your egos at the door <laughs> and put your problems at the door. Let's come in to work together. We're here for a, the end product. That's sort of, it's sort of like what you do with your, with your businesses, right? It really is. We're all here as, as, as parts, as pieces of the puzzle to make one big puzzle. And the only way we're going to get to that puzzle, putting to, the jigsaw to get, put it together, is if we all work together and put it together in a in a way that's collaboratively and so that's when i'm working with artists and look you know we all there we all have egos i have an ego you have an ego sure it takes a level of yeah. confidence yes it does yeah. to get to a point and i think that's that's where the ego is really needed it it's is like needed. i have an opinion mm-hmm. or i have a problem that i want to solve in the world mm-hmm. this is my area of focus mm-hmm. my gift let me use my gift but then I think it's taking a step back and realizing that there are a lot of other gifts around the table and we all need each other. And we need each other and we have to listen to one another. That's the other thing. A lot of us don't listen. We want to preach and say how this is the way I want it instead of listening to the other person. And I've learned that hard lesson as a director, as a as a teacher, as a, as a member of a faculty. You have to sit back and listen to somebody and what they're, what they're saying first and be able to not speak over them. And to just just hear what they're trying to say, and then hopefully they will listen to your what you have to offer as well, and then come to a collective agreement. It's it's not always easy, but students need to learn that too. They they have to listen to one another. Wise right. words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, I think you know we're teeing up some of those questions because obviously there's direct parallels to entrepreneurship and and business social and just trying anything as anything new as a human being in general, but. Um, you know, part of what I'm excited to talk about on this podcast episode is to uh, talk about how you know we can we can use the arts and and music and things like that in our communities. You know, mm-hmm. to, to kind of reach out to our economic development folks. So I, I'm sure you've seen it in some some point, but like, uh, why do you think, in your opinion, that the arts are often overlooked? You know, in comparison to sports. Uh, my mom was a music teacher, so mm, I've seen in, in a high school. You know, um, and so I saw up front, like you know, a lot of times parents and faculty put you know sports because they may be the money makers and things like that. But I'd love to hear from your perspective. Well, you know, I I think sports and music and the art, well, sports, music, theater, and arts are all similar in the way we approach things. Okay, we they call them. What do they call them? Practices, Practices and we call and them rehearsals. Rehe- and we're rehearsals. Yeah. I always say we mm. share we share our rehearsals. Excuse me, we share a building with the football team at Ohio Northern, and 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 
we're tapping, you know, tapping and singing down one wow. hall, and then you hear the meetings going on the other. Yeah. We pass, and I say, hi, coach, uh, how's, how's practice, or how's rehearsal going? He goes, I say, and I say, not practice, or not rehearsal, practice. practice. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> no, I think the importance of the arts should not not be underestimated. Um because if you take away imagination and, and creativity, life would be rather boring and and colorless, right? Yeah. So, um, all forms of art are are important um, and ways that we express ourselves. And I think um, in our ideas and um, forming a part of our identity. So I think art is so important to the community, right? Arts and culture are, um, illuminate our our inner lives, right, and enrich our emotional world so they're important they're an integral part yeah you can't i mean look at sports you you have a football game but what's playing in the background music right mm-hmm. what's the halftime show music yeah. some color guard performance. something performance you know lady gaga performs at the, at the uh what is it the What's the big uh, Super Bowl? Super, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, I don't know the football very well, so I was a little <laughs> hesitant to we answer. We all did well. Yes. <laughs> Got that. I mean, it, it, the arts give us a place to gather what, yeah. as a community, as a society, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, from um, fine arts showing on murals in the community, on the, on buildings, to community theater, to, to concerts at the park, or, um, you know... Uh, at the football games, right? Yep. I mean, they provide an opportunity for us to gather with other people together from all walks of life. So I think yeah. it's an integral part of, of what we do every day, right? Um, and I love what you said about it really is what makes that town unique. It I mean, is. who would want to be boring? And I think that as I travel to other towns and communities, I one of the first things is the physical elements when I go in to see if there is an investment of public mm-hmm. art. Yeah. And the next thing is if there's a great restaurant or a coffee shop, I want to know is there going to be live music? Because that yeah. is probably oh, a place that I, I want to go yeah. check out. And if you think to some of your most favorite places that you travel and visit, there's probably a good chance that having a music venue or a theater is a part of that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just so important. I mean, you look at look at Bow Fountain right now, right? What what do you have that that is just well? I was impressed. I think the last time I was here to see you, we went over to the Holland Theater. Yeah. And well, you remember we went there when there was nothing, nothing. there. That's right. Like, and now, oh my! It's a it's an asset and a treasure. And you also see here in town, we've got um, the syndicate that does live music on the weekends. May through through fall, um, it, and that also provides an ecosystem for budding artists to get in front of yep. audiences and also be able to get paid. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing that um, we want to support those those artists to have a place if they they do an, a media out of their home to actually display their art in a local coffee shop. Like it supports mm-hmm. the system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it can only benefit the economy too, right? Right. If you don't have a, something like the syndicate right now, mm-hmm. why do people come to the syndicate on certain nights? Because there's going to be live music, right? Whoop. And those people that are performing are getting paid. So, right. um, it just it just adds uh it just adds to everything we do in yeah. life. I think. I mean, even in even in Ada, Ohio, I mean, you know, the the parade we have a big parade, the Harvest and Herb Parade, you know. What's part of that? The bands, the the, the yeah. artists that come there. People gather, and it's important. If we didn't have that, can you imagine? Right. I can't imagine life without music or any sort of... I mean, look at the downtown here. Look, 
look at the Queen of Hearts right now, how mm. beautiful that looks. It's artistic. Mm. Everything you see in this community, there's an element of artistic, whether it's visual, whether it's it's oral, whatever it is, it's it's vibrant, and it's and that's why we're you're successful right now. Yeah. So appreciate that. The as you think back to your career, you um, and you're very humble. Um, I know more about your your background. You had the opportunity to perform on any stage you wanted to. Well, no, you did, and you came back to Ada, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I did. Why? Well, it chose me. Ada chose me. Ohio Northern University chose me. I came back at a time um, my daughter was very young, came back. uh, It's a long story. I won't even go into it. But I ended up in Ada. And I remember thinking, I'm in Ada, Ohio. I'm back in Hardin County. I just came from New Jersey. I was over on the East Coast. And here I am. Okay. You know who reached out to me? The music department and the theater department. And said, hey, we hear you're in town, blah, blah, blah. Would you like to get involved? And that's how it happened. And then um, the the, the uh, music uh, department chair at the time said, I'd love for you to teach. And I said, you want me to teach? <laughs> okay. Remember remember the first part of the right. story. The I education major. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I was teaching some private voice at the time um, to just some, in actually some high school kids would come and take voice lessons. And because my daughter was very young, she was a baby. And um, I said, okay, I'll teach one day a week. Well, that blossomed into what I'm doing now. And um, so I always say it chose me. Teaching chose me, right? Um, it, it, it brought me joy. Uh, it still brings me joy to this day. It's what I do. It's who I am. It defines me. Um, I don't, and it's the most rewarding, rewarding, I would say, thing in my life, yeah, next to my my daughter and my husband. So, mm. as you talk to Kirsten students, a lot of folks have said, and I believe this is true because I'm one of them, is that she was the mom away from mom. Yeah, that when you got on campus to have someone, you know, when you're in voice studio, you're intimately working on a piece of music, you're you're refining it, but life's moments come up where dealing with the first breakup that I ever had. I'm, I'm struggling with depression. I'm dealing with a health issue. I'm not sure of my sexuality. I mean, you, we could go on of real mm-hmm. life things that they feel comfortable telling you mm-hmm. before anyone else. That's a really important responsibility. Well, you love, I love my students and I care about them. And part of my job is not just teaching them how to sing, but it's helping them grow up. And, and not to be afraid of who they are. And I think that's, if anything, that's probably more the job, 80% of my job, right? <laughs> and, you know, and it, it's both ways, too. I, I learn a lot from my students. There, what is the, the quote from Anna from on The King and I? There's a very ancient saying, but a true and honest thought, that if you become a teacher by your pupils, you'll be taught. I love that. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I feel that they give me so much too, and still do to this day. So I love them, and but I but I also um, I'm very proud of them and their accomplishments, whether they go on as performers or what you're doing, Jason. I'm so proud of you. I still remember the first time day I met Jason. Can I just tell you? Yes, this please. Story? I want to hear. You, you got to hear the story because I think this is interesting. So. Before he came and auditioned at Ohio Northern University, he was probably, I don't know, you were in middle school? Yeah. 
You might have been. <laughs> I was in middle school. Yeah. yeah. He came into, well, I remember seeing you with your little briefcase. You came in in like his little tie <laughs> mm-hmm. suit. And, you know, and he was very serious about me. It was music camp. Mm-hmm. It was music Summer camp. music camp. Yes, it was. And you were in my class. What was that class? It was voice something about vocal health or something. Yes. And I was notes. taking it very seriously. I have no doubt. <laughs> As a competitive person, I, I want to keep that voice in shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did. But I still remember that. That and And I have snippets of each of my students that I've had of, of memories. And I can still see Jason in my office when mm-hmm. he was in college and um, taking a voice lesson or also on stage because he was a great, he's a great performer too. I wish you would do more of that, Jason. Still, We're working on that. Time. You don't have time. If you have any footage or anything, I'm happy to, to link it on the Small <laughs> uh, Nation well, YouTube I, channel. I, I can find some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's some fun stuff. No, but I think, I think that, you know, um, my students are probably the reason I continue. I could retire, but I, I have no intention of doing that right now because um, I, I love what I do and I love the opportunities that that um, I can help them to open open gates for them and, and show them where, where their best strengths are. Mm-hmm. And um, many of my students have gone on to be um, performers, but a lot of them are attorneys, businessmen, uh, clergy, uh, you name it, they're engineers, so yeah. they're successful, but they're all still contributing to the arts in some way, shape, or form, and I think that's important. Um, whether or not they they stay as a as a performer, that that doesn't matter to me. Right. I always tell them, whatever you do, you know, always remember where you came from, and remember that you know there's always there's always a need for arts to somebody to support the arts. And I think that's really important in your communities, whether it's, you know, getting involved at the Holland theater or getting involved like you do here in Bell Fountain in many ways to support the arts. And I really appreciate that, Jason, about you. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. (laughs) Well, we've had other guests on that have said the analogy in their business and, and restaurants have been a big focus to revitalize towns and communities and that running a shift at a restaurant is just like running an orchestra session because you have this planned sheet of music. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of different instruments that are united around running the shift for the day. There are some days that that orchestra piece sounds beautiful and there are other days that's an <laughs> absolute apart. disaster. Yeah, right. Just like, less like a food, right? Right. Right. Yeah, you know? Well, and it's interesting. The As you think back uh, you know, to, to some of the the shows that you have directed the ones that have worked really well. And maybe some of the ones that you're like, I like to forget that. <laughs> that show. You, you know, yeah. that I maybe one, maybe okay. one. Show I forget, <laughs> but you know, you know, I have a, a great example of, of things falling apart. I've directed the pirates of Penzance, uh, see twice. Yes. Twice. And now the first time was back in 1990. I believe 91, 92, 93, somewhere around then. And then the second time was a few years ago, well, 2017, 2017 or 2018. And on that last performance, my, we opened opening night was fabulous. Fabulous. I had the lighting designer from as a, who, a guest lighting designers with the assistant uh, lighting designer for Hamilton on Broadway. So it looked absolutely beautiful. I had beautiful costumes, mm. fabulous orchestra, yeah. fabulous students in the role. So opening night was fabulous. That was a Thursday night. The next day, my lead was uh, came down with laryngitis. No voice. Mm. And at that time, did you have swings? Did you have people that were understudy or no? Not, not for this particular show. Yeah. And now we do. Um, and so 
I didn't know what to do. And actually, I had a girl that um, locally that could have gone on, but she was doing another, well, actually, she's from Bell Fountain, Marion, uh, Miriam. Miriam Stoner. Stoner. She could have done it, but she was in New York with another gig, called her, she couldn't do it. So I thought, oh, what am I going to do? Long story short, we made do. We, We brought in somebody who had to basically never done the role, but was a professional singer, left to her a uh, tour of um, of uh, Something Rotten, which was a regional tour of Broadway production. Wow. And she was in the chorus, but she got, she called off and came and flew in and did did it for us. Um, one rehearsal in the morning. Wow. In the after- now she was in the pit. She was in the pit and we had mic'd her. And the girl that was sick, had no voice, lip, was oh lip singing. Oh my gosh, and no wow. One knew. No one knew. That's pretty darn impressive. No, no. Just because she had to, she knew all the blocking and. But, but no, the the girl in the pit who was the yeah 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 well, well I had the the actual person yeah she had to she do just the couldn't sing she wow. couldn't sing yeah so you made it work yeah made it work and that's a, that's my point is yes there's there's been other things and with holiday show we always have something some major catastrophe so I always have swings that go in now and yeah we have to <laughs> <laughs> as you think back points of pride and it could be where where you have just you know uh, a show that you participated in or or a production what are some of your points of pride that you're just most proud of with your career oh with my career personally yeah. oh just being an effective teacher i mean mm-hmm. seeing my students ex- succeed in life um i mean whether that's i have you know marion um uh, one of my Mar- Marion Donahoe, Donahoe uh, Mary Beth, is uh, on a uh, national tour of uh, Mean Girls right now. So that's, a, that's going, cool. going to see her is a source of pride. Uh, one of my other students is a successful attorney, uh, seeing her succeed in helping women, women's issues, mm. uh, support women's issues. It's a sense of pride. Um, seeing you, Jason, as, as someone who's really done so much for the community and communities around here, is a sense of pride. So that's, that's my joy is, is seeing all of you be successful. So feelings are mutual. And I imagine now some of your students are having kids. Oh yes. That's even cooler. Like I've been watching, of course, like, um, your grandchildren and then, uh, our, you know, Sarah chunks and watching her kids excel. That's gotta be super cool. It's it's fun. Especially. Yeah. I see these kids come in. I'm thinking, Oh, I know you're the mini me, right? They're the mini me. It's wonderful to see that happen. And of course, you know, to see my former students, children participate in the arts is, is so makes me so happy. For someone listening that maybe uh, wasn't involved in the arts growing up, but they want to find a way to contribute and support their community with that, what are ways that they can plug in? Well, I think, I mean, here's just a simple little example. Of if, you're, if, if you are uh, in the community of Ada, I mean, you certainly can come to see the shows and be an angel for the arts um, at Ohio Northern University. Um, Lima Symphony Orchestra is an orchestra that's not very far away, a fabulous orchestra with a fabulous conductor, yeah. Andrew Crust. Um, the, their programming, they have a season that's for all all ages they ranging from you know children's concerts to to classical concerts to broadway um and pops concerts as well support these these fab this fat this is a fabulous orchestra not many air in not many towns have this um and they have a youth orchestra too yes they do uh, both my sisters participated in that there you you go yeah and that 
shaped i'm, it, I'm positive it you shapes know. them doesn't it and, yeah. and and from there you know ada community we sponsor the ohio northern university supports um the patriotic pops concert with the lima symphony orchestra that comes in the summer so people gather and come and see this but they also from that they they purchase season tickets or they just attend the events i yeah. mean you know to me just being a part of it and and supporting your fellow uh uh, community or your community in these events that are happening right there. And I, and I'm sure like the Holland theater, let's, um, my mom has come over several times to the events here at Holland theater and they love it. So just supporting your local community theaters, right? Yeah. Just attending the shows. Just attending, and, right? Yeah. It's, paying, you know, into whatever programs they have going on. I also think the youth theater scene, oh. there is not a better way to, you know, support, young people having an opportunity to Absolutely. learn and collaborate. And I love that so many of these musicals have junior versions. Oh, it's, it's perfect. It's just, I just, I wish like that, that's a newer thing that's kind of come mm -hmm. on the scene mm -hmm. the last 20 years. But, um, you know, it's, it's finding ways to get people plugged in. Into the arts. And we're also in a very digital world now. Like how... Right. Oh. Yeah, I, know. Don't I even can talk imagine to me all the that. iPads. <laughs> and then the thing about it is the auto-tune. And then I, I think it's fascinating, like... We didn't have YouTube to the level. I mean, you can listen to 30 different arrangements of one particular song and pick up stylized versions of, of different performers. How, how are you incorporating all of that? Like I don't. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. I do. Our students, though, I will say this, in order to do auditions now, and since, since the uh, COVID, since the mm -hmm. pandemic, they had, because think about this, the auditions were no longer, you couldn't go to these massive auditions. I mean, even, we didn't even go, we did everything via, uh, you know, live stream slash video, or look, observing videos. So our students are extremely savvy in how to upload their, their audition material to various uh, casting directors or um, talent agents. So we're doing a lot of that at the university. I'm not high tech, but I, I prepare them with the cuts that they have to do what they're wearing. Okay. Somebody else handles all the other, yeah. but, but that's what they're doing. In fact, they don't have to travel to New York right now. You wow. just, you just send a digital, um, you uh, you upload your video. Yeah. And, and to think creatively on how to use those tools. I know in, in my industry and in video and things mm -hmm. like that, like people are just coming up with these crazy ideas now. Just like if, if you need to network with somebody, you can create a face or find a Facebook group probably just about anywhere Anything. you were Instagram. in the country. You know? Instagram is the way they all do it. Yeah, They're yeah. into that. That but, is their big thing. You know, to use those tools to, to find your community and like if, if you don't feel like that's uh, immediately available mm -hmm. in your community. Um, and if if you don't have something where you're at, you know, they need champ like all communities need champions to, to start that. And I know that's some of the efforts we're making here in Bell Fountain is to try to cultivate that those arts with uh, things, projects like Rainbow Row and stuff like that. You What's, quickly, what is Rainbow Row? I'm, like when you finish here, we're going to go on a little walk. Uh, you're so me. we want a part of our town to be the funky, fun, eclectic arts district. Oh, cool. Because that's, I'm glad you said mm -hmm. and that's my reaction. And I think that's most people's reaction. Mm -hmm. I will tell you, though, it also for people that maybe aren't used to bright and colorful buildings or used to seeing a craft beer and wine shop next to the art gallery across from the gay bar, like all of these things, they're new things for a small town, but they're also part of this fun, eclectic community that's growing and be. building here. It has to be. It ha right, right. right? It but, has but, to but, be. But, you know, and how do you help, 
What do you do when you meet the resistance that those being different or being, um, it, it makes people uncomfortable? Oh, how, how do I, for, you, you mean for, well, the only which way is, I, I'm just saying the, for a community to embrace something that they've not yet been exposed to, how do we, how do we expose them to that in a positive way? Hmm. I just think you have to, I think you have to try it. I mean, I, I don't think there's any other way. Well, you just have to try it. You we, have to go for it. Yeah. We talked about, you yeah. have to have a certain amount of ego to have the yeah, confidence right. to do it. Right. Do it. But then you have to, I don't know. I, my perspective is you have to know when to, keep that in check and come approach with humility, not act like you know right. all the answers. Absolutely. But you do have to be bold and just start with something. You have something to start. Somewhere. If you don't start, it'll never happen. Right. Right. You yeah. know, and it'll, it'll, it'll catch on. Um, and I think I love this. I didn't. I never, cannot I, wait to see it. We're going to go over there oh, after the show. Exciting. So yeah. yeah, that is exciting. Well, that is figure out the next iteration of the art. And I, mm -hmm. and I would say that a lot of the work in placemaking and community building is creating a place that it's desirable for people to visit, to live, and to work. Right. And what does that mean is we don't want to be doing the same things that every other town and community no, is doing. Don't. And so I can name here in Ohio, there's a few communities like the Yellow Springs and others. Yeah. I love to visit mm -hmm. just to see what's eclectic, weird, funky, and fun. And they're eclectic, weird, funky, and fun. Yes. <laughs> and if we I can know. take a little, a little piece bit of, that. of that yeah, and put that here, yes. then that even adds to... To, to making our community more vibrant. But but I will tell you, the and, and I think that you run into this, is that pushing those limits and those borders can make people uncomfortable, but that's okay. That is okay. I mean, we want diversity, right? We want diversity in communities. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not. You're only going to be the same. It is strength through diversity. It, and that's it, what our it, whole university, the alma, yeah, our alma, alma mater, is based on. It so. is. You have to have that in order to be successful. And to... to I, that's just me. Well, and I think it's more people, but but it is forming conversations in our mm -hmm. community for people that have not been exposed. It's the same thing in the theater world. There are certain shows that push the the limits. Well, we we have I would say in the last five years we have really uh, we are exploring more of that. Um, we're we're going to do a musical this next fall. I won't name it, but it that will explore. Push the boundaries a little bit, all right? Um, we did do Spring Awakening a few years ago, which that raised a, a lot of eyebrows. But it's it is it is a, a very uh, hot topic, and so I think you know we can't always do the Oklahomas, right? I'll, although I want to see an Oklahoma once in a while, sure. Or I, but I also and I also want to see a. a uh, you know, a Shakespeare every once in a while, but not every, not every season. So we have to find, just like you're, what you're trying to do, we have to have a season um, that is diverse, that does push the boundaries and makes people think, because isn't that what it's about, right? Mm -hmm. we, do, we, we, or we become complacent and, and boring and dull, right? What fills you up? What, what? And, and I'll say, like, this is the, as an artist, you pour yourself out in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. but you have to find ways to recharge. Mm -hmm. Do you have any secrets or advice that you have found to recharge your batteries? Well, I still like to sing. Okay. I still, uh, you know, I'm getting older, but I still love to perform and still love to sing. And, and uh, what recharges my batteries and what might sound very boring and dull to all of you, but I love to research and work on recital work. Hmm. So, um, which is, 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 you know, 
singing German, singing French, singing, singing cabaret songs, singing whatever. So for me, it's personally studying that music and being able to find the time to practice every day and, and, and sing every day. I, I sing every day, but I'm teaching at the piano or, you know, but really, really researching and doing things that feed my soul that, that fe- as far as my, uh, my art is concerned. And your significant other, you have a musical family. Yeah, my husband is is, is a choral director at, at Finley High School, and so he's very busy as as well, forming you know teaching and and, and mentoring students as well. And he's a wonderful, wonderful um, example of a, a, a terrific educator. So. To give him a shout out, Finley High School. I think in terms of the show choir universe yes. probably has more grand champions than they most do. in the Midwest. They do like they do kind of a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's funny the show glee mm-hmm. for those of you that are listening, yeah. like the whole premise is based on Lima, Ohio, which we give Lima a lot of credit. That's no show choir there. It's yeah. Finley. I think it's Finley. <laughs> it and honestly, it is it's kind of, it, it's, that's what's neat about this whole ecosystem of what we've all been so blessed to work in and get to experience it's on the national stage mm-hmm. with with the version of Glee. Yes, exactly. But we we've lived that, yeah, right? Right, right, right. So you know, big shout out to to Kevin, yeah. and, and I know many of his students that are also out and about that I'll run into, and we'll share the background. Like, well, you went to Finley High School, and you were involved in music. You were in FFE, like you were in that <laughs> show choir, yeah. and so it's like it's, it it is pretty pretty darn cool. So. Yeah, he's pretty busy. I mean, he spends he you know the, he leaves in the morning about 6 30 in the morning does sometimes doesn't get home till after 10 every night so again it's it's what he does and he's passionate about it and he loves the kids and that's what drives us all i think all teachers if that why do they stay in a long long time because they love the students yeah we're all in different seasons of life we are let me just ask in terms of roles that you maybe have on your list that you would like to do Mm. now with the seasoning that you have is there something that comes to mind that you're like, I've always, I, I never knew I'd arrive here, but I've arrived and I really would love to do this role or this show or this experience. Oh, the show or experience. Now, you know, I'm, I'm content. I really am Jason. I know that sounds crazy and, um, but I'm content and where I am. I, I will say this. I've explored other things in, in my last five years and, you know, I, I, I sort of felt like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, um, where she, you know, thinks there's a better place and is in the land of Oz, but really there's no place like home, and home for me was teaching. So, you know, I've, I've experienced a lot of things, and I'm very grateful for those opportunities because it taught me a lot about how the inner workings of an institution work, you know, it, it evolves and what goes into it. Um, so for me, it it was, I've done that and I'm glad I did. But what I discovered was what I really, really, truly love the most is, is my students. So in that, that's an important analogy that we've also seen that people think that the bright lights of the city are where their joy and happiness uh, is. And they, you need that taste though. If you, you didn't do. do those things, yeah. you wouldn't know what to appreciate. But I love that analogy that there really is no place at home and you really are at home with your purpose and your passion it is. of what it, you're doing. That is exactly it. So, and I, and, um, I wouldn't, and I'm, and I'm very grateful for being able to work at Ohio Northern because it's, it's, it's developed me as a human being too, and really, um, taught me a lot as well. And a lot of people and along the way, um, my mentors, uh, help, helped, help navigate my way as well. So I'm very grateful for that. 
So. Love that. Yeah, that's great. I was just about to tee up the the question for you. Is you know, like we like at the end of these episodes, we like to give the uh, you know one more opportunity to provide value to our listeners with one practical you know resource for you. But I think oh. you just kind of mentioned your mentors, yeah, um, along the way. But do you have anything? Well, in addition? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. The people that have, the, the people that have gone before me have really mm-hmm. taught me a lot, and uh, and and as you get older you you reflect on that and you reflect on those individuals for example dr de beaufried who was uh, a tremendous uh president and tremendous human being um taught me a lot about patience and kindness and respect all right um ed williams who was a who's passed as well was my uh department chair uh again um just a great human being and caring human being who taught me the to really care about the students and listen to what the students were saying. So, um, and again, you know, I just think, you know, the people we come in contact with are there for a reason. And we, and, you know, I've met you for a reason, Jason, met you for a reason, for a reason yeah. as well. And, and we all are uh, learning from one another and shaping, shaping our thoughts and, 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 and really, um, I don't know. At the end of the day, I, I, I'm grateful for all these opportunities for being around these folks and for helping me along the way. So. That's great. I think it is this episode sets the stage for a lot of people that are listening at different points in their life. Like, how are you connecting with the next generation? Um, how are you exploring your artistic, creative side? Uh, and and all, in all fairness, the busyness of life sometimes just has you doing the things to do the things and not thinking about your thinking. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the, the the pushing a little bit to say, I have not been pursuing a lot of the, 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 the music and the arts that truthfully has given me a lot of what I'm doing professionally today. But I, I, I grieve a little bit. I want to, to find that opportunity mm-hmm. to plug in. And it's, it, it's just, you need to take time, whether it's getting involved in your local community choir or helping direct a, a, a production, or doing prepare. costumes, doing costumes. It could be a simple yeah, things, simple things like that, right? But but it would br- it brings you joy, and and I do say like I love seeing young people succeed. Me too. And I think um, you because you think back to your younger version of yourself, mm-hmm. and you see that little bit of glimpse of like all the things that I wish I knew, but you can't take their lessons away. Oh, you cannot. It's like I, I'm here when you need me. But I'm excited for you to have your journey and your your experience. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you today. This has been awesome. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Thin. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. And last thing here is where can people follow you or what's happening? Oh, where they can follow me at ONU. Well, I actually even wrote that down because I'm not, you know, I'm not the most uh, Instagram, Facebook person. (laughs) So um, first of all, you can... If you want to find out any more about ONU and all the different things that we're doing at the Freed Center, you can go www.freedcenter.com and our Freed Center at Freed Center, which is the Instagram um, connection, as well as Freed Center for the Performing Arts for Facebook. And then for music events, most of them are on there as well because a lot of the music events are at the Freed Center. But you could also follow Ohio Northern University Music on their Facebook page as well. Jason's awesome. Garage also has a collection of VHS tapes from circa 1990s and 2000s, oh, which wow. I, the sound of music, I, you mentioned that's one of your oh, favorite shows. you were in that with we, me. Oh, I think we, we did, did 26 that. productions in yes. one song. Oh, wow. Yes. It, it was enough sound of music that I don't think we could do sound 
about the music. I wow. forgot that about that. Yeah, it was yeah, a lot of fun. That so. was, and you were wonderful. Oh, you were wonderful no, too. So. Loved it. That was, what a, that was a fun someday. summer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a fun summer. Yeah, so. it sounds like it. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and checking out the Small Nation podcast. You can find us anywhere that you listen to your podcast, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even the Small Nation YouTube channel. I hope you're able to pull some value from that conversation, and we hope to see you in the next one. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a like, comment, or a five-star review to help more people to discover this podcast. Stay tuned to Small Nation on social media to keep up with all the cool projects that are happening here. And until next time, this is Ethan with the Small Nation podcast signing off.